Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Music by Kevin McLeod. Hey, man, let's go on a bike ride. Come on. Look at, look at my new wheel. They're sweet. There are really just two types of people. Those who say, I can't. And those who say, I can. These people have been summoned here by themselves for their 1,700 different reasons. Their unity comes from their mantra. I can. And their destination. A place they absolutely have to get to. What they will do to get there is monumental by anyone's standards. Even their own. And it is that time once again. Welcome to all to the Pack Filler Podcast. Happy holidays. I hope they are all going well or they have gone well. Depending on the time you're listening to this, live broadcasting happening here in the Pack Filler Studios. Your host, Patrick Bulger, here on the microphone to start out the show. Well, it has happened. Christmas has come and gone once again. It has been an interesting experience to say the least. This has been, it's been a good holiday. It's been a great Christmas and I hope yours has been too. Mine has been um, winning. Well, I, I need you to stop and think about this here for a second, and, and understand my my meaning when I when I phrase this. My holiday was quite literally surrounded by women. Now, many of you would think, Patrick, congratulations, That's wonderful. Aren't you married? Uh, yes, I am married. Yeah. Pause for the heartbreak all over the world. No. Um, I have uh, a family that is now consisting of, of about 98% women other than my son. So it's been a very interesting ride with, with mothers, with mothers-in-laws, with aunts, with great-grandmothers, with anything along those lines. Basically, what I've just been um, hanging out with is a lot of um, movies of specific type and a lot of cookies that were being made. I think all the women in the family got together and, and, and spent a very large amount of a good day making 
every type of imaginable cookie that you can feast your eyes upon, which is normally a great thing, but when you're trying to maybe get your ass in gear for the upcoming season, um, looking at uh, 300 pounds of sugar cookies, fudge, and ones I can't really identify, but I know they come out around every time at this you know, this time of year, um, it, it, it's, it's been impossible. Uh, add to that that it's been a good holiday. And, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time eating. And I, I, I have discovered something this new holiday. Um, and if you have experienced this, I apologize for you and, and what you've gone through. Absinthe is the devil. It, it does not make the heart grow fonder. It is a liqueur that uh, was banned for many, many, many years, and I now completely understand why. If you have not had it, don't do that to yourself, please. Um, trust me, this stuff is horrid. Um, I mean, it's delicious, but it's but it's horrid. It's it's not a pleasant way to to finish off an evening. Or actually, I I from what people told me. It, it was a very interesting way for me to finish off an evening. Um, got some holiday movies. Got to uh, sit back and watch uh, uh, The Hangover, which I finally, I think I was late to the table to see The Hangover. And I, I do have to say that it was, and I finally took everybody's advice. Thank you to, to my Facebook friends and to the people who've been contacting me and telling me that to give it a second chance. The first time through The, the Hangover, I... I wasn't very impressed. I, I I thought it was pretty. Yeah, it was funny. It was cute, but it wasn't the be all end all of comedic existence that I thought it was supposed to be. And uh, I the second time it was a little bit. I, I got a little more out of it. Maybe my my brain was just working a little bit slower that day, so I was able to enjoy it a bit more. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Um, Inglorious Bastards. Got a got a check of that one. I'm still still working on finishing it. Um, I expect a little bit more violence, to be honest. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, maybe, maybe, hopefully, that'll come around the pike here, and I'll be seeing some, some really gross Tarantino kind of disgust action that would be nice. So, um, but there we go. Um, the season. Oh God. Our our theme of the t- of the show today. We're going to be focusing on uh, this off season that we're now um, stuck right in the middle of January first will have happened if you are, are not listening to us live and it, it is right here and this is time when most people start getting things serious again and um, for me just to kind of give you a, a, a background I guess I spent a lot of time racing in the past and I, I firmly lived up to the belief that the less often I raced the greater I was because I hear a lot of interesting stories about about things I apparently have done in my life, but I really never did. And so, if I just smile and nod, um, it's 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 almost like I become better year after year. And uh, for for somebody to have been spending the last many years talking about races rather than actually racing, it, it's an interesting process getting back into this. And um, after our our interview, if you haven't heard the podcast we did. Quite a while back with uh, um, Jim Ruckberg, who's the the co-author of the Time Crunch Cyclist. Um, I I kind of this is a shameless plug. Plug. They're not paying me for anything here. So, uh, um, but I'm I'm gonna try that program. It's you know six hours a week. Hey, you know, give it a shot. What the hell? So um, I've been kind of trying to get back into that mode, into that training mode, and it's it's easier said than done because you, 
for those of you who are regular athletes and regular participants in this sort of thing, it's a piece of cake for you. You, you. Especially the beautiful people out there. You guys know who you are. You're the you're the ones who have. You're just beautiful. You're the triathletes who are who are always fit and always gorgeous, and you you make me sick. But I mean that in in the most endearing way possible. Um, I'm anything but that, and uh, it's tough working out in the gym surrounded by you guys. You know, here I, I used to be able to hop on to the stationary bike, and nobody else would be on it, and, and let alone nobody else would be on it with any bit of pedaling efficiency. And now I got you people next to me. You know, you're doing the one-legged sprints, and you, you just you know you need to stop because it, it's making the rest of us look really bad. Um, my archaic training methods, I'm realizing, are, are just that. They are so out of date. I'm, I'm doing stuff that that I think I, I read about in, in Eddie B.'s first book, and I don't think Eddie B. even recognize those and if you don't know who eddie b is that's that's fine we're you know we'll talk about him throughout the uh, years but uh old style training you know i'm i'm if i had wool on i'd be a little bit more authentic so you know and i'm and i'm also here's a, a little bit of a shout to the our fans in the warmer climates i really i'm really kind of pissed at you guys too you know right I'm, I'm riding on my rollers yeah rollers yeah i know that makes me a little old um in a room that's probably colder than most of your driveways, um, and it's it's. It, I think our weather here we're topping out in the Great Northwest, around thirty uh, thirty degrees. That's midday, you know, and and so going out and riding, it's just, it's it's painful. You come home and and people can't understand what you're saying because your lips are so frozen for about. 15, 20, 30 minutes. It's, it's been a hell of a ride. So it's time to get ready, um, to, to start the training here. Time to get in. I've been doing some weights, I've been doing things like that. Roger, I know we'll have Roger in here shortly. And, uh, Roger's probably just, he's, a, he's, yeah, I think he said he did three hours on the mountain bike just for fun. <laughs> and I, I, I laughed with him and my expense. Um, you know, uh, so that's our focus for today's show. We're going to be, uh, having an interview here. Roger's going to be in the studio. We're going to talk to a man by the name of Christopher Thomas, who has done limitless things in the sport of triathlon. This guy's uh, this guy's pretty amazing. He's got some training advice, hopefully, for us, and we'll be able to see what's going on with that in the studio. Other than that, I guess I should mention our great sponsor, please. Everybody, welcome to the program, Jamelli Coffee. Roastery. If you have not been to Jamelli.com, G-E-M-E-L-L-I, or check the link out on our homepage, check them out. They've got some uh, some great stuff. They are they're good humorist people, which we tend to like to be involved, and they roast a hell of a good pound of coffee. So uh, try them out. Check them out. Ask for the pack filler blend, please. Without further ado, we're going to uh, be jumping into the studio here, and we will be talking with. Roger Thompson, of course, as a co-host here, he and I are going to be chatting it up with Christopher Thomas. Stay tuned on the Pack Filler Podcast. Right, it has come to that time in the show where we're fortunate enough, first of all, to have continuing Roger Thompson from uh, Team Timex in the studio with me here. But on the line, we've got a little bit more to bring to you here, folks. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go through perhaps... Uh, the first maybe 10 entries of this man's resume and um, he could probably correct me if I destroy any of it but uh, let's let's look at this shall we boys and girls uh, just in 2008 and 2009 men's 35 39 70 point world champion 
Iron Man on that one, folks. Ten years of triathlon racing, eight-time USA Triathlon All-American, seven-year member of the Timex Multisport Team, Timex Athlete of the Year, top nationally ranked Northeast triathlete. Basically, if this guy shows up to an event, you're going to plan on watching his ass all day long. This guy is, um, this is something else. I'd like to thank Timex member Christopher Thomas for coming in. Christopher, do you like Chris or Christopher, bud? Chris is fine. Okay, we can go in for him. Welcome aboard, and it's, it's great to have you in here, and uh, we know you're in you know, a three-hour time difference than we are, and uh, I just kind of want to... Still all feeling that. Yeah, so I kind of made the switch over. I said, "All right, well, um, you know, I, I was, you know, an adolescent, and I said, all right, well, you know, um, I'm going to have a more of a social life if I play ice hockey than I am if I continue <laughs> to run." And um, I made the switch over to ice hockey, and I really focused on starting to lift weights and and um, uh, really try to um, develop into an ice hockey player rather than a runner. And, um, so I, I just that, uh, I find it odd that? that somebody would go from from being tired of being injured to switch to ice hockey. You switch to ice hockey, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's something that's very interesting because I never, um, I never was injured playing ice hockey. I loved the sport. Um, you know, having said that, uh, when I was trying to do both sports, I was getting beat up a lot on the ice because I was really <laughs> small and I was very thin, uh, skinny, I should say, a little, you know. Uh, way too small but um but the injuries weren't there they were there from the um they were there from cross country and from you know just the high level of intensity all the time and just no no real progression no um you know no real um 
what are you going to say, uh, physiological adaptability, letting the body recover and whatnot. It was just, you know, go hard all the time. And, and um, as a young adult, my body wasn't able to handle that. Some people are, you know, um, genetic phenoms where their body can adapt and can recover very quickly. I was not one of those individuals. I needed more recovery. So that frustration um, and the point of nobody really coming out to watch races <laughs> um, led me to uh, play ice, you know, to focus on ice hockey full time. So um, I would say that, um, you know, much to my father's dismay, uh, I switched over to ice hockey full time at that point. Um, but I would just to backtrack, the seed was planted from an endurance sport um, standpoint. I, uh, you know, had been exposed to it, and, and um, it, it's a it's a phenomenal. Um, I guess, as, as I like to say, it's a it's a great addiction. I mean, if you're gonna be addicted to something, um, endurance sports is something that's pretty fun to be addicted to, and it's a healthy addiction. So, so you had one of the um, biggest best advantages in that you started running at such a young age, and your body obviously accepted it other than the minor injuries that we all experience. And then uh, as you moved on, right. you could, uh, yeah. you got back into it and, and your muscles were there. Your, the memory was there. And Yep, exactly. So I stopped at age 16 and I didn't run again until I was 28. But when I ran again, I started running again. Um, you know, it was kind of just dusting the cobwebs off. I mean, I went through the typical, um, you know, shin splints and trying to get back into running and everything. And I needed to shed a lot of weight as well um, <laughs> because I was still carrying a lot of muscle. And, and <laughs> as you know, every foot strike, foot strike when you're running is, is over two and a half times your body weight. So that was a major impact on my body um, for my frame. And, and so, um, you know, I, it was uh, it was a nice it was nice to get back into running when I started running again um, at 28, but it did take time. I mean, it probably took me two seasons to really get back in and start and see um, some decent um, times again and, and start to feel like I was actually running instead of jogging. Now, to take this to, to from, just from kind of jumping back into it and then all of a sudden to be at this high of a competitive level, is this are, are you this much of a genetic mutant or is this just completely something where you have been focused upon? Well, it's funny. I mean, I've just this year gotten back to my, time, my running times that I hit, I hit in high school. Oh. Um, you know, so I, I'm just getting back. Like, it took me 10 years of... of triathlon racing to get back to where I was running in high school. So it's taken a long time to get there. The, you know, I mean, it's a journey, first of all. Um, second of all, I would say the key has been um, obviously staying healthy, um, staying consistent, and training properly and just, you know, really focusing on things. Um, but it wasn't just like it just ha I just turned the switch on. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of focus. It was definitively, um, you know, the factor of being able to stay healthy, to be able to hit the workouts, to go through the proper um, physiological builds throughout the year, and to also accept, you know, the downtime, the recovery process. That's a, I think that's probably one of the hardest things for um, most people, including myself, is to accept the fact that you have to have a time during the season where you let your body recover. And if you don't, then you're just going to plateau and you're never going to continue to improve. And um, so that was one of the hardest things for me to accept, but that's one of the things that's probably helped me get back to that running level that I was at back when I was 16 years old. Yeah, now, it, for coming from a running background, did it, did, did it automatically, you just kind of go into multi-sport and triathlon here? Was it just, 
running first. You know, it, that's, that's a great question. I mean, it's something that it's a sport that I was always fascinated with. I mean, I watched um, the Hawaii Ironman back in the early '80s. You know, with Dave Scott and Mark Allen, or you know, <laughs> mid '80s with with them and the whole Julie Moss crawl and everything. And I was always just really fascinated with the sport. And I, I think I always said you know, um, there was something that I wanted to try eventually. And, you know, I, you know, I was one of those people that said, yeah, that's something I want to try. But, you know, once you get into it, you're like, wow, this is, <laughs> you know, it's not so easy. And, um, it's, um, it's been a great journey. It's, it's a great learning experience. And, um, so I would say it's something that I've always wanted to do. And it was just a question of when. And so after college, I, I played hockey through college, um, I uh, continued to coach hockey after college, and then four years after college, I got into um, I got I got back into running, and then the, the next year I did my first triathlon. So it was it was kind of like a competitive outlet for me. Like I had played ice hockey, I um, coached ice hockey, and then I said, okay, well, what's next? What can I do? And then I. Um, had a friend that mentioned that he was doing, you know, our local turkey trot five miler um, in Thanksgiving. And I said, you know, I really like to get back into running. And um, so we both signed up for it. And then we had a mutual friend at that race that said, yeah, you should really try these uh, sprint triathlons. They're a lot of fun. And I said to him, I said, you know, I've always wanted to do that. And I said, what's, what's the deal with a sprint triathlon? He's like, oh, no, they're really short. You know, it's like a third of a mile swim, a 10-mile bike, and a 5K run. And, and um, he's like, you know, it's a great opportunity to try it out. I'm like, you know, I'm going to sign up for one. I'd really like to try that. And so I did my first one in July of 2000 um, up in Falmouth, Massachusetts, in Cape Cod. And I just remember getting onto the bike, and I mean, it was comical because, like, I did all of the things classically wrong. I mean, first of all, I had, like, a, um, this, you know, uh, um, cut off uh, wetsuit on, cut off at the knees and cut off at the arms, and, um, you know, trying to get that off. I didn't wear, a sh- I didn't have anything on underneath it. I tried to put my shirt on while I was getting on my bike. I had this big trash can helmet on, I had a steel <laughs> bike. I mean, just like I look at the picture now, and it's just it's very, very funny. But um, but what I would say is, when I was on, when I got on the bike, I, I immediately just said to myself, "This is it. This is so much fun. I just love this." And, and um, so it was, it was an immediate um, gravitation towards the sport, I guess. Once I tried it. Now, one thing that I, I love about uh, technology nowadays is is athletes. And uh, yes. which yes. I just love because I can go back and pull up all your results or even look at them right now, you know, online. <laughs> and as you're mentioning this five miler, that was one of the first I wanted to actually even talk about that because I thought, wow, look, Chris ran a five miler in thirty seven thirty nine. I mean, God, <laughs> yeah. those are the yeah, glory indeed, days, indeed. you know, and I thought, gosh, I could <laughs> run with him then. You know, I, mean, yeah, I just need, yeah. where, where was the progression here? And then, you know, uh, and then it moves on from that. So that's truly what we see, you know, on Athlinks. And again, thanks to them because um, they do a phenomenal job. Yeah, they have job. a great website, right? Yeah, it's it's amazing. And uh, but uh, it does. And then you mentioned your first try. Uh, um, it's on there, too. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you busted out a ninth place in your age group. Nice work. <laughs> yeah, in, that was impressive. In huh? a 103.23. <laughs> um, but then it just goes through all of them, and it looks like you came back to that triathlon a year later where, right. you, where you got second in your age group and, and right, shaved off right. almost 10 minutes on your time. But the whole point is, is like you can And coming around the corner, the corner. <laughs> we have your third-grade teacher <laughs> with your book report in hand. <laughs> I, and I have it all. And, and, and I think that's pretty neat to see that – 
you know, where you started from and what you were doing to, you know, obviously, you know, the world championship level, but also a lot of people listening who don't know you don't understand that this isn't just a guy who graduated from college, played some hockey, did some running, had a dad that was a, you know, an endurance athlete um, and promoting that. This is a guy, you, that that graduated from college, you know, was a, was trading on Wall Street, traveling, you know, at four or five o'clock in the morning, not getting home till 730 at night, you know, doing right. the big grind. You, you're married. You have three boys. I mean, it's just like now stack that on to the success you had. And we all know that, you know, talent only gets you so far. You, you still got to put in the time. And uh, and again, what, how'd you do that? I know you've made some, um, some, I guess, professional changes here in the last year or so. But prior to that, how did you, you made a lot of this happen. A lot of the success came along while you were in the midst of doing, um, I guess the workload and the family load that most of us don't even see. Again, my commute is a mile, and uh, yeah, and the stress yeah. is completely different for me than what you were experiencing. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I don't know. I always tell my father this quote. I mean, I think that you know, there, there's no excuses. There's only choices. And um, so, really, as uh, as my life became busier, I what, what sacrifice was my sleep, and I my um, I, you know I would go to sleep at like nine thirty or ten o'clock at night, and I'd get up at three thirty in the morning um, because I would uh, if if I had a swim or a bike, I'd get up at three thirty in the morning, get the swim or bike in, or usually a bike um, before on my trainer at, at my house, and then I'd get on the four forty train and take that into the city. Um, when the weather was nicer, I would take the 440 train in and I would get off up in Harlem on 125th Street and I'd run down to work when I worked on Wall Street. Nothing says running hours. like Harlem. <laughs> uh, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it's, you know, I, I would get off, I would end up getting off the train at like 535 in the morning and, um, you know, there's, there's some interesting sights uh, at that time <laughs> of the day. And, um, you know, so I'd run down through, I'd run into uh, into Central Park and, and run um, through that, which was really nice and, and very, um, you know, the, uh, nowhere near as crowded as it is during the day. So it was very peaceful. And then I would run over to the west side um, pathway, which, again, is really super nice and just very, very peaceful. And I'd run down along that. And it was about a 10-mile run. And... Um, you know, so I guess that's a long-winded answer, but um, you find a way to make it happen. You know, I would fit it into my commute and um, make it part of my day. And um, and then, you know, when during the summertime and when I, when the weather was a little bit nicer, I would ride my I would leave my vehicle at the train station and I would ride my bike back and forth and I would keep my clothes in my um, vehicle. And then I um, I belonged to a gym in the city, so I would shower in there before I went into work. But, um, you know, you can, I think that, again, if you, if you're dedicated to it, if, you, if it really motivates you, if you want to do it, you can make it happen. It's just figuring out how to do it. Now, what, what years were this when you were doing this, this, this training program? Um, when I was in, I was in the city from 04 through 09, so five years. Oh, wow. So, I mean, so, so yeah. these, these results where you're pulling, you know, first amateur overall at, this last year, Calgary, California, Timberman, Rhode well, this, Island. This, pa- this past year, I started to do a career change, but um, through uh, through March of '09, I was I was doing this. Wow, 
Okay, and so yeah. I'm going to take my personal excuses and stuff them in a sock now. <laughs> I didn't get nine hours of sleep tonight. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> Were you timing me? Jeez. How do you know that? Um, and I'm, I can only imagine what the family commitment has got to be with that, that they've all got to be on board and, and willing to, to support you through that. Yeah, they are. They're really supportive, and they're a, they're a lot of fun. I mean, I have three little boys. Um, you know, one's going to be seven in January. Um, he's my oldest. Uh, my middle one is four and a half, and then the baby is, just turned three. And um, you know, they're they're very very supportive. My wife's very supportive as well, and um, she works hard, obviously, work um, trying to keep up with them. But um, you know, it's uh, it is it's fun. And and one thing that I always like to say is that I like to expose them to. Um, positive things i don't you know i don't care if they don't do them or anything but i like to at least expose them to it to show them the value in, in being committed to something and, and something healthy as opposed to something negative Cause there is so much negative out there these days that it's, it's nice to to be able to do that and, and they really like it i mean um my middle child uh when i would do some of my trainer rides you know he'd get on his bike and ride with me and i'd set it up on the trainer next to me and he'd ride for a little bit and stuff and you know they uh they do the the little um as i think roger your daughter has as well um they do those little uh, crit races that they have um you know little fun um fun rides for the right. kids where you know two or three mile ride around the crit um which is cool and you know so they really enjoy it and, and they started at a young age and um, you know, started riding a two-wheeler like two years old and stuff. And it's just it's fun to be able to um, expose them to a positive uh, experience and, and um, things like that and, and good stuff. So, is, hey, Chris, is it okay if we mention y- your blog site? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He has a, a phenomenal picture of he and his uh, three boys on Chris Thomas uh, Try dot blogspot dot com and Chris is spelled with a ch and Thomas is th as well so um, but on his blog is a great shot and he he enters in quite a bit of good information and of uh, the balancing of the family and and so forth but uh, a, a a great herd of uh, of boys there you have uh, all <laughs> yeah, in all in one spot it's a great picture yeah, I don't know who took yeah, it but that, it's a that great was at the uh, Rev three race that uh-huh. was our um, you know that was in Middlebury Connecticut. Um, which is pretty close to where I live. I mean, it's probably about 40 minutes away. So they they actually came up. They didn't come up for the whole race because it would have been a little bit too long for them, but they came up um, when uh, I was actually starting to run, and then they stayed for the end of it. So Just in time to see really Dad win it. overall at... <laughs> Oh, again? Why, why show up to any other race? We just need to show up to win I the finish. I left SpongeBob for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. They, they could care less. They just wanted to know when they could go on the, uh, you know, go on the rides at the amusement park. That's there. right. That's right. <laughs> they did a great job. I hear. I hear that race series is is amazing. They they did a phenomenal job. Honestly, that was probably one of my favorite races ever. I mean, they did such a good job putting that race on, and um, the support. I mean, it was a first year race, and the support and. Um, the um, just how everything was organized was just phenomenal. It was really, really high end, um, just really great experience. It was a challenging course. I thought it was a very, very fair course, but um, very, very challenging. And um, they brought in obviously some phenomenal pro- uh, professionals, and um, it was top notch all the way around. Now, Chris is, is, and we'll get into kind of what your some of your. Uh... I guess professional dealings are with your coaching and, yeah. and uh, the personal training that you're doing. Uh, 
but as as you roll into this time of the year, um, everyone kind of has their their way of doing it as a multi sport athlete or any athlete for that matter of taking this time off. That now it's a month off that you sit and do nothing and eat, you know, candy bars and <laughs> yeah. popcorn and stuff. And I think that's I think really I need to stress that that's what everyone should be doing right now. Um, right. is just eating junk food and getting fat. At least put on 15 pounds. Unless you're far behind like no, no, some no, 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 of no. us. No, just do that anyway. Come just on. do that. Don't train. Do nothing. <laughs> I'm never going to get fat. But, uh, but, you know, going along the idea of the, the off-season, there, there really isn't an off-season. It's just uh, another season and what you choose to yeah. during during that time. What would, you, what would you recommend to some people? Let's take the, the newbies, the people right now that, yeah. that bought the book that says, I want to do a triathlon or whatever, and they're right. going right now. It's like, well, gosh, I can't ride because there's snow on the ground. I can't run outside right. because I'm sure my lungs will crystallize, and you know, I'm not going to swim because the lakes aren't open. What, what can we offer those people? What can you tell those people? Um, that they can be doing right now because uh, other than eating the Christmas platter of cookies and, and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for the newbies, it's, it's just, you know, it's really important to um, just, you know, familiarize yourself with the sport, keep it low key. Um, I would say um, start to create some type of consistency, um, for, you know, get into the pool, um, you know, right. You're not going to swim in the lake with the crystallized, uh, water, but, um, but get into a pool, get into a pool and, and get comfortable and start to work on things, start to work on through different types of, um, swim workouts. I think that it's, um, I, I personally am a big, very, very big believer in working with a coach, um, you know, when I first came into the sport, I spent the first two years, um, two and a half years, just kind of reading everything I could and um, trying to learn as much as I could. And the, that was great. I, I gained a lot of knowledge and, and, and um, you know, insight from that, but I was pulled in 10 different directions on which way I, you know, how I should be training, what I should be doing. And I'd read one article, oh, that's what I should be doing. And I'd go that direction. And I'd read something else. And, no, no, that's what I should be doing. And I would just say that try to stay with something consistent, work with somebody. It's great to have the oversight of somebody knowledgeable working with you and helping you, but keep it fun. It's got to be fun at the end of the day. And if it's not, then you need to reassess the situation and, um, you know, you need to enjoy it and you want it to be part, you want, you want to make it part of your life and, you know, one of the only ways that it'll be ultimately be part of your life is if you really enjoy it and you can kind of see and, and create a consistency. And I think one of the, um, I always love to quote this, one of the 10 rules of righteous living is um, do something 21 days in a row and it becomes habitual. It, it doesn't become a chore anymore. Um, your body adjusts to it and it, becomes, it can become something that you just, you just do and then you can really start to adapt. And so I would just say try to create that um, consistency. Consistency is really important, um, you know, with running and, and creating a, a foundation. Yeah, I try to get up early in the morning every day, and habitually it just does not happen. <laughs> <No way. laughs> well, yeah. you created that 21-day of yeah. not getting up God, in the morning. I know. So there I'm you go. That, I'm, yeah, I'm good at that stuff. Really good at sleeping in. <laughs> now, now, what do you what do you say to the people though who are who are in the climates where you know we've got listeners who are in these wonderful warm Arizona climates who are in California climates and yeah. then, we, then we've got people in reality who are who are living in these freezing temperatures and you're stuck in a gym or something like that and to find something they they.
they do enjoy. They enjoy the events in the summer. They enjoy the being outside, and they enjoy that aspect of the sport. How do you find a way through these winter months to start this yeah, foundation? It's a, yeah, it's a great question. For the for the people that live in the, clo- the cold climates, I would say that, um, I mean, again, this becomes individual. It depends upon the person's um, lifestyle and ability to train and whatnot. But I think that it's a great time, depending upon the level of the person, it's a great time to kind of work on... Um, work on the limiters and, and try to focus on things. So if you're, for instance, um, muscularly weak on the bike, then you start to work on um, resistance training, um, exercise-specific um, type of activities to I- increase your, your muscular strength um, for that activity because as you develop your aerobic system later in the year when the weather starts to get um, nicer, your aerobic system will get stronger and it will outpace your muscular system, but if you develop good muscular strength in the off-season, then you, you, you hit that point of aerobic um, going over muscular at a much later point, and you're able to, to attain a much higher level of fitness. So I think um, working on the limiters, um, understanding what the limiters are, drawing, you know, um, sitting down and kind of drawing out, um, you know, where do you stand, what's, what's baseline, um, what's the starting point, and then figuring out a game plan for that particular individual. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's got different um, backgrounds and, and strengths and weaknesses. But I think it's, you know, great time of year to kind of go over those and, and truly, you know, be honest with yourself and and, um, and just think about what, you know, what makes you happy, what what's realistic in your life to be able to do, and then start to work on those things and enjoy it. But make it fit into what you have around you and don't do something ridiculous that you're stretching too much to do because eventually you just won't do it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Chris, when you say working on your limiters, meaning working on the things that you don't do very well. So in, a, in, a, in terms of a, a triathlon, say you're a really strong runner, uh, great cyclist, and you're a horrible swimmer. You're saying, "Hey, right. you, you need to get in the pool, man." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and so it's a great it's a great time to do a swim focus. And I actually um, have an athlete that I have a few athletes that I coach now that um, that's what we're working on. You know that their weakness is the swim, and it's a great time of year to say, "Hey, you know, we're going to put the the running and the biking on a um, kind of maintenance stage where we we do we still continue to do some." 
Um, but we kind of, we bring that back down and we really focus on the swimming aspect and, and really try to improve. Um, and you know, I mean, Rogers, you know, um, very well and better than I do. Um, swimming is a very interesting sport because it, it's, it's that whole debate, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And like, you know, you need to, it's a, such a technical sport. You need to have the technique in order to swim properly, but you have to build up some type of, um, comfort in the water and, and frequency in the water to be able to focus on the technique. Right. So it's just like, you know, doing, trying to figure out the right balance of that and then working in the, the proper, um, you know, the proper drills and, and, um, and then intervals and whatnot to really maximize and, 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 um, you know, bring people up to speed in their swim if that is their limiter. But, um, it's a, it's a great time of year to do that. I, I personally, um, usually do that. I usually spend my off seasons focusing on, um, swim, um, trying to improve my swim and, and just, you know, I, I personally tend to do it from a frequency standpoint. I don't, I'm not a huge volume person. I know that some people are, um, bigger volume, um, type of people where they'll put in just massive amounts of volume in the winter, 40 to 60,000 yards or meters. I've heard, um, I'm more of just trying to get in as frequently as possible, five, six times a week, maybe more, um, you know, double sessions, uh, one in the morning, one at night, but less volume because it just fits into my life better. Now, so. now when you're doing that and you're working with the people that the swims the limiter, because I think you, this is quite a debate of, of do you need to spend more time in the pool or do you need to spend more time focusing on, you know, drills and technique work? When you're working with people that are struggling in the pool a little bit, again, everybody's a little different, but for you, are you dealing with much volume? Are you doing longer sets or are you focusing on, you know, shorter 200s, 100s and, 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 you know, I guess more technique and, uh, and, and yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. I, I would say definitely shorter, um, shorter intervals, excuse me, where you can focus more on technique. And, and, um, so if the stroke does break down, you can regroup, um, during the rest interval and, and refocus again, rather than just continuing to hammer away. At the, um, <laughs> you know, I did the, 50, 50 yards well, and then I did uh, 950 wrong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I got in my thousand. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> but like you, but you know, you, you, you know, you, I mean, we all have seen and probably, you know, I, I at least have done it, um, have made that mistake, you know, where it was right. just, you know, re- repeating just, just horrendous form. And, um, you know, a great quote, um, was that it, it basically for an adult, it takes 20 to 50,000 repetitions of proper technique, proper, proper form in order to correct an inefficiency. So as, as adults, you know, we're at a disadvantage compared to children where children can just learn something fresh. We have to kind of break it down and then relearn, you know, and we have to re- keep repeating very, very good technique in order to make it, um, to adapt to it, basically. Okay. So, so you're you're just working on our limiters, which we all have. Because see, I avoid running right. like the plague, so I know that's what I need to be doing <laughs> exactly. right now. And we all do, right? We all right. tend to, to avoid things that we don't like to do. Right? See, I'll, I love I love swimming and I love riding my bike. I'll go do that every right. day. You know, I figure if I do that right. enough, I won't have to ever run again. Well, see, that's my biggest right. problem is I've always feared the swim. And and to be honest, if you ignore it enough, I mean, you, let's be honest, you screw up in the swim, you drown. You screw up on the run, you can walk. But I, I yeah, don't know that's why, right. That's I, right. That's why swim comes first, right? Yeah, I just, I I, I avoid it like the plague, to be honest, so it's... Right, right. But, you know, it's funny because I think that a lot of people do, and a lot of people say, well, you know, it's the shortest duration 
um, sport of the three in, in the races. So, you know, therefore it's not as important. I'll spend more time biking and running. You know, I'll get more gains. But I think that what a lot, most people miss is that it's a huge aerobic um, builder. I mean, you're, you're building your aerobic capacity without pounding your body in. And I think that um, a lot of people really miss that. And it really sets the day up. So if you have good swimming fitness, and even if you're not, if you're swimming frequently and you're improving your swim, but maybe your times aren't just coming around, but you're getting, you're gaining a lot more fitness and you're swimming more efficiently, so you're using less energy in the swim, it's going to set you up for a better bike, which in turn will set you up for a better run. But a lot of people just say, well, I don't want to, you know, spend so much time training my swim because, you know, I can just focus more on my bike and my run. And I think that they missed that point of just how important the swim is and trust me i'm saying that because i did that i you know back in um <laughs> 04 and 05 when um i just was really limited with my time commuting into the city that was my kind of mindset i was like all right well i just won't swim that much i'll spend my time biking and running and when i started to focus on my swim in um well more so in, in 07 um into 08 um with the same amount of time my whole results started to turn a lot better Okay. So. Now, now, just for for all of our listeners who might not be familiar with with you and and what where your career is right now, um, I'm going to pop off some of the resume items here. Your USA Triathlon Level One Coach. Um, you've uh, certified in personal training, weight room instruction for ACSM and AFAA. You're going to have to help me with those ones. Um, and certified by the International Sports Science Association as a youth fitness trainer and specialist in fitness for older adults, and then finally certified also in TRX suspension training. So, the, folks, this guy knows what he's talking about. For so for when when does a coach need to come into this picture? What for an athlete who's getting involved, for especially for the newbie who's somebody who hasn't been involved in the sport? At what point in time should you think? Well, maybe I should get some assistance in this. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm a big believer in as soon as they're ready to and as soon as they can. I mean, you, you need to be able to make the commitment. Um, but I, I just I, I've seen it happen just so many times that people get interested in the sport, they come in, they try to do it on their own and um they really um and I did this. You really struggle in trying to figure out how to do things properly and you get pulled in multiple directions because um you know, you read the latest article in Triathlete Magazine or you read the latest article on, you know, um, so-and-so's blog or whatever, and you think, well, that's what's got to be right for me. And I think that, um, you know, working with somebody that is knowledgeable and, and, and um, can really customize the program to the person is just so beneficial for any level, and especially for a beginner, um, because it truly sets the foundation, sets the stage, and um, you have somebody, when you're involved in something yourself, it's very hard to take a step back and assess the situation. But when you're working with a coach, that's their job. They're basically looking over your shoulder the whole time, and they're guiding you and partnering up with you and, and making sure and, and make, making sure that you avoid the pitfalls that so many of us make, um, especially at the beginning, at the early stages of getting into the sport. Um, you know, and then you can make, you can um, take it to a whole other level when you want to progress up to the elite level. But um, I think that the beginning level is extremely critical to work with somebody knowledgeable and um, that can truly customize the program because we all are very unique and everybody comes at this from a completely, you know, from different angles and, you know, um, different levels and, and um, you know, different um, 
different lives. You know, we have different um, availability, um, different demands on our time and whatnot. And I think that that's where it's critical to have somebody, you know, to be able to work with and, and um, bounce ideas off of and, you know, um, and really guide. And, and uh, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, you, as a coach, you wear multiple hats. You're a teacher, you're a friend, you're, um, you're a mentor, you, you know, you are, um, you know, really um, looking out for the person and, you know, guiding them and, and helping them along the journey. And you get sweared at a lot, curse. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you get sweared at a lot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, tell us a little bit about what you're doing, though. You've You've actually stepped away from, you know, the big, huge stresses of Wall Street trading um, this last year and started uh, your own business, uh, 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 Personal Training Professionals, and you can visit that that website for the people listening at ptpsouthport.com. Um, and you've got a whole staff there. Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. I mean, you just kind of started that. You just opened the doors recently um, within the last few months. And uh, tell us about that and how's it going. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so personal training professionals has been around um, since 1998. Um, the first uh, facility was opened up in New Canaan, Connecticut. Um, I, I know the person who started um, personal training professionals. I've known him for quite some time. I respect him. Um, I, I met with him um, this past year and, and just really liked what he was doing and um, basically signed on to open up a, um, a franchise underneath him. And um, in my facility I've opened up in Southport, Connecticut, I offer four main services. One, the first service is um, personal training, uh, one-on-one personal training, resistance training. And truly it's, um, you know, I, we train people from, um, you know, from any walk of life, but uh, ages from age 8 up to 80 plus. Uh, from the most beginner um, person that's never worked out before to the most elite person, you know, that, that comes in through the door. Um, and again, customizing the program to the person. We're very consistent in how we train people. We have, um, you know, basically we have a four-pronged um, approach where first and foremost, um, it's about safety. It's about proper form and technique. Um, it's about education. Um, what muscles are you supposed to be using? What's the purpose of the exercise? Uh, it is setting the goals to the individual, with the individual, and then trying to build the program to meet those goals. And then, you know, number four is, you know, keep it fun and interesting so that it's enjoyable. And it's, not, um, it's not a chore. Um, and so, that, again, it can fit into somebody's life. But um, that's the personal training aspect. I also offer Pilates on apparatus. Um, I have three um, very um, certified, uh, highly certified uh, teachers that um, were trained in New York City. Um, they have to do a minimum of 500 hours of hands-on training um, through that program in New York City, and then each of them has over five years, um, actually quite a bit more, but over five years of actual teaching experience in the one-on-one um, system on the apparatus. And then I offer massage therapy and nutritional counseling. And um, so it's, it's four services that I feel very strongly about create a holistic approach to helping individuals, again, from any walk of life, you know, from the person that um, is an elite athlete looking to make it to the next level to the person that's just trying to maintain general health and, um, and, and or um, is working on losing weight or has heart issues or 
high cholesterol or high blood pressure, um, diabetes. Um, we work with a lot of special needs situations. Um, and again, then we work with a lot of general population people. So it's, um, it's a nice facility and uh, it's a 3,000 square foot facility uh, that has um, you know, all the new state-of-the-art equipment in it. And um, we really just go through and spend a lot of time. Uh, each session is, is very high-end, high-touch service um, where we're, we are, um, all of the professionals that I employ are working with the individual one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two um, and really involved in the session. So um, that's kind of what um, personal training professionals is about, and it's a, it's a great um, it's a great facility. Now, now, where exactly are you located for the people in your demographics so they could get a Yeah, so I'm located in Southport, Connecticut, which is um, which is basically in Fairfield, Connecticut. It's, um, it's in southwestern Connecticut. It's on I-95, and it's approximately about um, an hour outside of New York City. Um, and it's right on the uh, Metro North um, train line. Um, and Westport uh, is, is a uh, neighboring town in Fairfield. Um, it, Southport is a section of Fairfield, basically. Um, but it's right on the uh, shore of Connecticut. And um, so we're on the uh, Long Island Sound um, part uh, of Connecticut. So, so you got some view windows there, is that right? What's that? You got some view windows there? Yeah, I do actually. I look out onto uh, I look out onto the marsh and and um, a section of the sound and uh, it, the the windows are, are phenomenal. The light in the in the in the facility is great and actually um, you know you can check it out online on the website. But um, it's a it's a really nice facility with a lot of light and it's um, I've gotten a lot of feedback from clients already that just say it just has a lot of great energy and it's got nice color and and. Um, you know, so I think that's important. You need to enjoy where you're going to uh, to train and, and whatnot. So it's um it's a nice uh you know again it's a it's a nice facility and it's different than the coaching. Um, you know, the coaching that I do is is through life sport coaching, um, and that is online virtual training. Um, and then the personal training professionals is a brick and mortar facility that is, is, is one-on-one, -on -one, um, personal training. And, and so it can be for the elite athlete, but it can be for the general population as well. Okay. Talk to me about this, the online virtual aspect, because we do have a pretty yeah. size audience with stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So life sport coaching. So, I mean, I, um, you know, I had, um, I had been, I had known about uh, Lance Watson and Paul Regensberg, the two partners of Life Sport Coaching, for some time. Um, you know, always followed them, read um, and respected their um, their writings and whatnot. And um, in 2007, I competed in Clearwater, um, and uh, post race, I was having a conversation with Paul Regensberg, one of the partners, and we were talking about. Um, coaching and training and, and limited schedules and whatnot. And, and I had self-coached um, myself from um, 03 until 07. I, and I had felt that I had basically plateaued and <clears throat> um, was either going to um, just, you know, continue to basically stay at that level or, or start to make mistakes potentially. And, um, you know, I had a long conversation with Paul about coaching and, and you know, fitting um, life and, and everything into a very limited schedule, and he felt that he could work really well with that. And to make a long story short, I signed on with him, and um, I've been with him ever since. And an opportunity came about this year to uh, join up with them 
um, to work under their umbrella as a coach. And I had coached back in um, 2004 and 2005, um, and it was something that I, I definitely wanted to do. And the opportunity to work under um, the professional guidance of Paul and Lance and the team that they have at LifeSport was just, you know, a really great opportunity and something that um, I didn't have to think too hard about to uh, to make that decision. So um, I officially became a coach for them in late July, early August, and it's a great um, it's been a great opportunity. I mean, basically, um, <clears throat> I work under their umbrella. Um, I'm, I'm an expert coach for them and, um, I basically coach people from around the world. Um, I have some people in Connecticut. I have some, I have, uh, an athlete in Texas. I have, um, athletes, um, you know, Massachusetts, Maine, um, uh, Florida, um, actually one of the Bahamas and, and just, you know, from all around the world. And, and, um, it's, it's a great tool. We use, um, we use training peak software to uh, communicate with our athletes in addition to the phone and email. And, um, that's just a phenomenal, um, tool as well as the ability to track your workouts, to have the, I mean, I get, uh, all of my athletes workouts sent to me immediately once they post them. So I have that, you know, ability to, to, to look at their workouts, you know, check in, see if they're, um, you know, hitting or missing certain things, see if they're actually doing a workout properly or if there are any issues. And so, again, there's accountability, but there's also that guidance and that immediate feedback back and forth between coach and client, um, which is really nice and, and, a, and a really great, um, you know, tool. Um, and then one of the things that, that we do that we feel really strongly about is, again, customizing to the individual building a program for the person in their life and, and making it fit into life. And that's something that I obviously empathize with quite a bit coming from, um, working in the city and, and whatnot is, and with my family and everything it, is having a limited schedule, limited time availability and trying to fit it in and making it realistic, um, so that you're not stretching too much to do too much and, um, and then stressing and then saying, I just can't do it. Um, it's making a schedule that, that is realistic, but, ultimately hopefully um meets the goals of the individual and um you know but uh again working uh the program into what that person is trying to attain and what that person's strengths and weaknesses are and then building the proper physiological program that that um has the proper flow to it um in the proper cycles uh, of the year and, and making sure that they're um showing up on race day and it's not guesswork that, you know, when you show up on the, on race day, um, you tow the line and, you know, you can have a good day, you can have a bad day, just like anything else, but you, you don't, you don't want to be showing up and, and towing the line and saying, okay, um, what's it going to be today? You know, what, what do I have in me? I mean, you should know what you have, what you need to do. It's just a question of, can you, are you going to have a good day or a bad day, but that you know exactly what you're capable of doing. Well, that's just for a lot of us who are, who are in these communities where might not have aspect at, access, sorry, to the, that magnitude of coaching. That's a great element. And I know with the training peak software, I've kind of looked through it. I haven't purchased it to be honest, but, uh, you know, and to have that data be able to get accessed by your coach so easily and so quickly, it's got to be just great. And to have, I know so many people who just train and, and hope they're getting it right and they don't have that right. aspect. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. So to yeah. be and to be able to have that available in no matter what size of community you're you're in, that's that's a nice element. It's a great element, and and you know, like I'm just such a huge believer in it. I mean, I, I I'm a pretty goal oriented person, and when um, when I work, you know, and I continue to get coached by by Paul, um, you know, at this to this day, and I just I know that I do a much better when I have, um, you know, my my program that we've um, talked about and, and um, fleshed out when I have that in front of me and we're working through things and, and building it to um, what's proper for what I've got going on in my life. But um, when I stick to that, rather than just trying to wing it and figure things out day in, day out, inevitably um, it's, it's just night and day. I mean, the, you know, um, to truly follow a proper program and work with somebody is just, it's a huge benefit. It just, it does, it takes the guesswork out of things and it really, um, you know, it's a nice, enjoyable experience. Um, and I think that my, uh, one thing I was just going to add is that I think that whenever one decides to work with a coach, I think it's really important to give, um, one year time to, to see if it's the right, unless something abnormal happens to, to make, to see if it's the right fit, because, it, it, it takes at least that long for the coach and the athlete to learn, um, the coach to learn the athlete and the athlete to learn the system and make, to see if they're actually going to gain those physiological benefits from that system or not. Um, so I think that that's something that people need to keep in mind as well. Um, and that's something that when I signed on, I basically said to myself, as I said, okay, I'll give it a year to try it out. And, you know, I was more than happy after that year, but that was, you know, the minimum that I was willing to, to try it for. Yeah, I think a lot of times people do sign up for a coach and they, they expect some silver bullet or magic exactly. magic in a month that, you know, there's like, oh, they've been doing it all wrong. All you need to do is, well, I look into my little book here and I'll show you what to do. And all of a sudden you're right, right, right. You know, exactly. There's a secret out there. Yeah. Ride right. in the drops or right in the drops. tie your shoes or something like that. <laughs> oh, God, that's it? That's it. Oh. <laughs> the wrong wheel set. Yeah. That was it. Exactly. I can buy speed. Your bladed spokes are twisted the wrong way. Yeah. Catching on the wind. When you chew those darn things. Yeah, exactly. um, well, Chris, you've had obviously a, a, a season of success. I mean, truly, you're not um, you're not after those races trying to pad your resume, get a few, you know, you know, overall wins at these random, mysterious races. Um, you're going to kind of the big shows. You're going to the 70.3s, you, you know, at the World Championships, Best of the U.S., you know, National Championships and so forth. You know, as, as you look on to next year, you know, if I were to look back on if I was you, um, I don't know if I could race all that, all the same races again because it would be really hard to, um, I guess, look at what success would mean. Um, if, if, you know, again, I'm not gauging success by winning a race or not, but for you, you know, going to those, you know, for a person to win one race, any race, I mean, is a, is a neat accomplishment here. You are doing it time and time and time and time again at huge events. And I don't think people, um, understand the stresses that are associated with that as well as, you know, what you need to do to rebound, um, after each half Ironman you do. So, as you look at next year, do you think about that at all, or do you think, you know what, no, I'm good at these, I'm going to continue doing them, and I'm going to do more? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of gotten the itch to possibly try to go back to Kona next year, so I haven't been there since 2005, and just um, watching you online this year and, and doing the interviews and everything and, <laughs> and watching the coverage 
um, online uh, as well on race day. It's um, kind of ignited a fire again, but I've uh, I thought I was going to wait a few more years before I tried to go back, but I, I might um, try to step it up and go back next year. There are certain 70.3 races that I just truly love to do, and I'll probably just continue to do them no matter what. Um, Timberman 70.3, and I really like Rhode Island as well, and um, I really again enjoyed that um, the Rev Three race. So there are certain races that I'd like to try to you know continue to fit into my schedule, but I am definitely getting that urge to um, possibly go back to uh, Hawaii next year. Now, and you raced uh, Hawaii in O three, O four, and O five. And looking at kind of your results and knowing what O five was like, it was an awfully uh, hot year. Um, not that there is a year that it's cold, but. Uh, it seems like you're in 03, it was kind of the experience. You go back in 04 going, you know what, I know what this course is about. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some things happen. And time-wise, you were a little slower, but then you came back in uh, 05 and, and have a phenomenal day, you know, based upon time and prior results. Um, if you were to go back there now, kind of what would be the, the plan? I mean, after having the success you've had, you know, in the, in the 70.3s, not that they're the same race, but again, a similar build in some capacity. Yeah, uh, you know, again, good good question. Um, I've never raced an Ironman. I'd love to be able to try to race an Ironman. My, the Ironmans that I've done so far have been about survival and getting across the finish line, and um, I'd like to be able to try to um, to try to see. I, I can race a seventy point three. I've been able to race a seventy point three for a while, and um, that's a lot of fun. And, and I'm not saying that you know it's easy to race an Ironman, but that's my goal is to be able to try to you know, truly put it out there and, and uh, put an um, honest effort out on at an Ironman distance race. And um, I just love Hawaii. I think it's just, it truly is the world championships for a reason. And, and um, you add in the elements, the level of talent and, and, um, and just everything about it, the aura. And it's just, uh, it's just a phenomenal experience. Well, and where would you, uh, if you were looking to, to qualify or hopefully get a slot again, that's step one, um, would you, attempt that at a, at a 70.3 race or would you, I would, yeah, I, I would. Yes. Yeah, I, I definitely would. I, I think it's hard. Um, it's very hard to, I personally, um, I, again, going back to the point that I just, I have a hard time recovering, especially from the longer stuff. Um, and I think it'd be hard for me to do two Ironmans in a year. Um, so I would try to, um, qualify at a 70.3. I, I enjoy the 70.3s. I mean, I really, really enjoy racing them. And um, so I can normally recover from 70.3 pretty quickly um, these days where an Ironman definitely beats me up a lot, a lot more. And um, so I personally would like to try to qualify at a 70.3. Woo! Well, <laughs> too bad they can't retro <laughs> some things, you know? <laughs> Could you take your spot that you had at the 70 point or at, at Iron Man, uh, I'm not Iron Man, but at Oceanside this year. And where else did you pass yeah. up spots? Uh, at Rhode Island as well. Oh, at Rhode Island, yeah. Jeez. I think that was the only other race that had slots. I thought uh, Oceanside did. No, no, yeah, Oceanside and Rhode Island, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's pretty amazing. Here, I <laughs> people train for a lifetime to get a slot, and here Chris is just handing them out. Nah, yeah. nah. <laughs> I know. That's one thing I actually said I would never do is, is pass up a slot, and I. I called my wife with, uh, from Oceanside. I'm like, what should I do? <laughs> and she's like, we're not ready to go back. I'm like, right. so, so <laughs> I mean, we're ready to go back. Don't get me wrong. We're just not 
ready for the training regimen that's yeah. associated with right. it. Right, exactly. See, yeah, I tell you, it's a lot more fun going there and hanging out and watching, I will say that. I, yeah, yeah. No, I bet. I bet it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just such a great experience yeah. over there. Hey, I want to ask both of you guys, since I've got you both, you know, both members of the same team, um, about what the experience is like for those of us who are not at that level to be um, involved with Timex and what your roles, what your responsibilities are to be able to do this, to be able to work full time. And it, it seems like a lot of work to juggle both of these these very large duties in life. And um, what, what's the Timex experience like for both of you guys well chris you've been doing it obviously for seven years and you've seen it uh, kind of in its small structure to where it is now and, and and everything around it what is it what does it mean to you right now i mean in terms of the world of triathlon as you see some teams come and go and athletes yeah yeah it's funny right i mean timex was the first real team and um it's just it's been a great experience i mean they bring together some just phenomenal people from around the world and um, I mean, it's a, it, I, I say this all the time, but it truly is. It's a privilege to be on the team. I mean, the um, from our management to the support that we get from Timex, from all of our sponsors, they bring together such a great team um, at every level, and they're just so supportive. And, and you know, I mean, they're out at the events, and um, you know, and then constant interaction and everything. And, and I think that from an athlete perspective, like I just feel that. Um, at a very minimum, it's just a great opportunity to go back out into the community and um, and to um, show the support um, for products that I truly believe in quite quite strongly. Um, I mean, I use it all the time. I actually have my uh, my Timex USB plugged into my um, into my um, laptop right now. I just uploaded some of my workouts from today and. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I constantly will go out and I'll and, um, talk to um, at youth camps and whatnot. And, and um, I'm actually next month going um, to a triathlon um, uh, uh, community uh, event to talk about running and whatnot. And, and I just, I love to get out there and just and um, talk to people about the product and what they're doing and, and the new innovation that's out there. And and um, just be involved. And, and Timex is a local company for me. They're they're located up in Middlebury, Connecticut, so that you know it's within 40 minutes of here. And um, it's just it it's it's really um, it's really great. And so like it, what I was going to say is that a lot of the local races they'll sponsor a lot of the local races, and and it's just nice for me to be able to go and, and as a as an athlete for Timex and to, and show that support and to talk to people before and after races about you know. Um, the product and what we're doing and, and what the team's about and, and, um, and just, um, everything. And, and because people always have questions, you know, what, you know, what do you like about the product? What does it do? And, and, you know, what's the team about? And, and, you know, uh, um, and just everything, you know, where do you, where does everybody come from and what's the background and, you know, how do you get involved? And so many people want to be a part of it. It's just, it's a very, very positive, um, Thing to be involved in, and it always has been, and um, it, sh- it truly is a wonderful privilege to be part of it. It just seems like a lot of people don't understand the, how much of that PR and how much of that, how much you have to know about everything. It's not something as simple as getting all the clothes and the gear and going and out. Yeah, and no, right, yeah. exactly. You, you want to be educated, and, and that's the thing. I mean, I've been on a team since 2003, and you know, I've gone through the the different, um, you know, the different levels and then different. Um, 
uh, watches that have come along and whatnot and, and understanding them and using them. I mean, I get out there, I wear these things out. I mean, I'm using them constantly and it's great and I just really enjoy it and, and um, you know, I learn and I play with the, with the product and, and you do. You get a, a very good knowledge of it and it's, um, it's a lot of fun and I, I truly enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a, a a great group of people, and uh, they definitely have a pretty broad. Um, I guess on the team now we have a very broad range of people, and um, and I just tell people that it's really not always about results. You know, you can't take Chris right. as the he's kind of I don't want to say the exception, but I mean, you look at what he has to offer. He has so much to offer in terms of exposure, what he does for a profession on multi fronts. Um, there are multiple fronts, and uh, and then of course is um, public relations in his community that's um, very much Timex infused. Uh, um, he's he's uh, very, very, very valuable to them and has been with them for so long. So, um, But again, I, uh, our manager, uh, or uh, Tristan, I would just be really curious to how many <laughs> people apply per year. Uh, yeah. That they sort yeah. through. It's, it's a phenomenal. And tr- I agree with Chris. I mean, to to be associated and affiliated each year with them. Uh, it's, it's a true gift and I, I never take it for granted and, uh, you know, cause it can end at any time. So. Yeah, yep, that's right. That's yeah. right. So, well, we, I think we're running till the end of our scheduled one hour. Wow. We're over our one hour time that we usually, uh, make some of these, these wonderful guests suffer through. Um, I want to plug, um, Chris's sites before we go, before we go. However, I have them both up here and nice work on these, by the way, I love the PTP logo with the, the, the work the weights through the center there <laughs> PT- ah, thank you yeah thank you. ptpsouthport.com is one to check out his own i guess we'd say brick and mortar facility the other one lifesportcoaching.com uh check out both of those if well if you're in the area don't check out the lifesport go see him if you're <laughs> if you're living somewhere else like the rest of us poor schmucks go to lifesportcoaching.com and check it out chris i on behalf of uh, everybody in our audience, I want to thank you for coming on with us. Well, thank you very much for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely, our p- pleasure. And um, Rod, Roger, I know we've got some other things that we're going to be lining up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, be sure and stay tuned. Thanks for the, the emails and all the attention that's coming towards us on the website. Be sure and log on, and you can subscribe to the podcast at just about any time, should you desire more. Thanks again, and we will talk to you soon. 
quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.